All right. It's uh, Monday, August 3rd, and I'm not recording at the absolute end of my day, which is a sign of moderate motivation. And I even, anytime I thought of something or something came up during the week that struck me as a good subject to kind of go over for this, um, I kind of made a note in my phone and I'm going to go over some of the stuff that seemed either kind of amusing or ludicrous or a little dabbled in the both or just outright dumb stuff. Um, the, the first one that I put in here is a whole bunch of hockey teams. Uh, yes, I'm in Canada. Um, <laughs> they all got busted for sneaking their kids away to like um, uh, an organized hockey tournament out of province. And they had, it sounds like they used um, fake names when registering. So I don't know if it was a fake team name or if every player had to make up names to sign up for the tournament. And so now, <laughs> of course, in modern time, they were told like, don't post on Facebook you're going in a tournament. Don't tell anybody. It was this complete, like, it's hilarious. It's like they did this stupid secret society hockey tournament. And um, they expected everyone to actually keep it a secret in modern times of texting and social media. So, of course, it it failed miserably. And um, it got out. And um, a I think it was between two different provinces that the teams kind of range from. And so now, of course, during COVID times, everything was shut down. And I highly doubt there was any testing done on any of these teams. And so <laughs> now everyone's going through the ringer. So I'm kind of curious. I haven't seen it pop up. And this kind of popped up just after I did my last Monday podcast. And so I'm kind of waiting to see what happens to these, the organizers, the parents, and just the hockey association in general. Because um, where I live, of course, um, hockey seems to kind of be glorified and put up on a pedestal. And the hockey kids are all treated like um, special citizens. And then all parents think that their little Jimmy is going to be the next Wayne Gretzky. So it's a weird society. And even as a kid growing up, I think I played hockey until 11 or 12. And there is an air of like... I don't know if entitlement's the right word, but um, a lot of hockey culture, that's, their shit doesn't stink, right? And it's just, it's amusing to see them think that they could do this complete uh, rogue tournament and go as the norm and like the whole we don't have to play by the rules mentality. Um, I feel it's stronger around here. Um, I've always had the feeling that I live in very conservative country and so, um, masks are a hard sell and just living by the rules. And it's, it's not as bad as like when I listen in the States where everyone says that a mask is against their freedom or, um, it's their constitutional right not to wear a mask. And it's like, we've had protests here but it looks like it's maybe six people that show up at the legislative building and kind of have their little handmade signs protesting like my body my mask and it's kind of ridiculous so this this hockey tournament has kind of been the 
the uh, the highlight of this entire thing, just because they thought that they could like fly under the radar and have a full tournament. Like I'm assuming there would have been full teams, equipment man. Like I don't even know what the age grouping was. I'm assuming maybe like mid to upper teens, um, and just not to sound like a rager but like the audacity to think that you could pull this off and like that you might have been above uh the rules so but that's just living here and living in it that's 100 percent a the hockey culture around here and b it's just the mentality of the area right more small towns more people that just think they know better than the world health organization and so it was kind of amusing to see like they put their trust in everyone keeping their mouth shut and obviously they're not right. So pretty funny. Um, I'm curious to see if people like lose their jobs or if there's any kind of repercussions, um, on the players, um, like if there's going to be any repercussions, um, on the players, the coaches, is it going to ruin anyone's career? Um, or are people just going to get fired or suspended or just slapped on the wrist, right? And um, I just find it amusing. And But like I said, 100% not shocking at all. Um, <laughs> just kind of the way it goes around here and just how hockey is. Um, what's the next thing that kind of happened during the week that was a thing? Oh, um, Joe Rogan came out on one of his podcasts against video games and just kind of said... Um, video games are a waste of time and I've listened to Joe long enough that I know that I think it was when was Quake a thing I think Quake was a thing maybe in like the late 90s early 2000s but I know he's admitted in the past that he's a uh, former video game addict right in and out of all of his like his martial arts history and his history with like UFC he was on news radio fear factor all that stuff so I know and even when he was talking about it, he knew that um, stuff because he rattled off a bunch of um, the popular video games like the Fortnites, the CSGOs. And he even knew like which ones were based off of being mods of other games. So like he understands and knows video games. And he's even speaking from the point of like someone who fell down that rabbit hole of being a video game addict. Um, and my son and. The alternative he offered was kind of a reach, I think. Maybe he doesn't see it that way. He said, um, instead of um, in investing all your time into video games, invest your time into, like, he used jujitsu as an example. And he said, you can turn that around and then become a teacher and, like, um, move up the belt chain and it can be something and it improves your improves you as a person plus it you can make money off of it later on right and so a lot of the video game community from like ninja down have kind of retorted against him and um kind of given their counterpoints to the whole thing and so it's kind of an interesting story because he like he's not wrong um speaking even myself um i don't yeah just right from the get-go like my parents got me an atari when i was a kid and that went straight into um computer gaming i think i had a commodore 64 next and then i went into pc gaming and it just kind of stayed there but then i was always loyal i think to playstation so i went like playstation one two three 
and then hop back to PC. But like, I know I went through periods where I was playing way too many hours of video games in a day. It was like work, video games, sleep. And um, the debate to me is, could you be doing something better to self-improve? Yeah, probably. But at the time I was 20, maybe early 30s, like um, if it's wasting your life away, yeah, it's a problem. Then maybe something needs to be done. Like you don't want your kid to be the, like what's the new Jerry Springer? or Like you don't want your kid ending up on one of those shows where it's like send him off to boot camp because he can't put his mouse down long enough to like get a job or feed himself or be a responsible um, human being, right? So I can see Rogan's point, but it's like everything else. It's in moderation. You can get addicted to a million different things, right? And um, most of them can be uh, most of them can be viewed as like a waste of time, right? Air quotes. So it was just kind of neat to see like he had a point. He was speaking from someone who's been like down deep in the rabbit hole. Like when he talks about Quake, you can see it in his eyes, right? Like he was like right in, and that was back like when it would have to be like um land connections i think like it was before the internet was like super like internet online gaming wasn't the hugest thing i don't think when he was into this so and i even think in his recording studio for his podcast like i think he has a gaming room where he has like the stuff he enjoys playing like the quakes and stuff like that um i don't think he's ever like talked about doing fortnite and stuff like that but his knowledge of like even starcraft and csgo and um um, all those ones kind of like the first person shooter genre seems to be more of his knowledge base. Um, so it was neat to hear him say that, but then, and I get his point, right? But of course the internet overreacts on everything. And so the backlash, um, was substantial from the gamer community, but then other people in the gamer community, I think they use Dota as the example about, they had the numbers too and they said like here's how many hundred thousand people log in and play dota on a daily basis and then it's like three percent of those people um actually go pro and then something like two percent of the pro players actually get a substantial amount of money where they could get by or like make a living off of it like even going pro really doesn't mean anything like you might get sponsorship which might get you a computer or your chair and you get to wear their stuff but it's like at what point like does wearing a red bull logo on your shirt actually get you paid um because i can't imagine unless you actually win the tournaments that you're getting a lot of money like i know the blizzard prize pools for their games are pretty high um but other than that like i don't think gaming is um the money maker that some of these people are making it out to be and uh your yeah your kid's not going to be ninja right and even ninja right like how long is this wave going to last he jumped off of twitch to go to mixer and mixer's already dead right so i can't remember if he went to youtube youtube gaming i think he did like i think he turned down facebook but it's it's a volatile market and um i think him switching from twitch which made him famous over to another just a streaming site proved that um still to this day brand loyalty is a thing right people didn't want to go and type in um mixer dot whatever 
slash ninja instead of just going to Twitch, finding the next Fortnite streamer who's moderately entertaining or um, who's at least the thing with that that's different from when you grew up or at least when I grew up when we watched TV um, it didn't when you watched a channel it didn't tell you there was 250,000 other people watching uh, the Cosby show or Cheers or whatever and so it's it's different now like you're able to surf what you're watching on Twitch from top down by who's already got a large viewership so it's already skewing and helping the people that are already popular um, as opposed to you just coming in and like looking through names so it's a different time so back to I guess just the point um, Rogan's not wrong um, I've gone through it. everyone's gone through it it's just video games are video games and now they're even more mainstream than ever and it's easier to get addicted to whatever your thing is like how many people walked into traffic playing Pokemon Go for the first time down to just um, kids in the room playing Fortnite and then stealing mom's credit card to like <clears throat> um, buy all the skins in the game and blow hundreds or thousands of dollars so it is a uh, a rough industry um, and then even when you slide into the phones you have how many microtransactions and loot boxes like companies seem to be more driven on that than they are about quality gameplay so it's it sucks as someone who's grown up playing video games most of his life um, I have kind of gone in and out of that kind of like addicts I wouldn't say addict but just like that becomes your main pastime I've never had ambitions of being pro at anything so it's just I play them for fun have I sunk in an 8 to 12 hour day at some point in my life yeah so but I think I'm looking at this from kind of both sides of the thing and I can see both sides of the argument um, could you be doing something more um, valuable or kind of contributing to you being a better person yeah but honestly, if you're having fun and it's not really ruining your life and you're still um, a contributing human to society, then just and you get your fun out of it and your friends are kind of that's might be where your social circle is. Right. Then just keep trucking on and doing it. Right. Like it's just but it was kind of neat to see that come up as kind of a point of contention just out of nowhere in the middle of the week and to see just I can't even remember why it came up with the guest but just all of a sudden he went off on video games for like five minutes and then just because of the time we live in everyone had to get all defensive or um, come right back at him because he is kind of the number one platform right so I think some of the people also just wanted to be like hey I'll come on your podcast and talk about it and kind of free advertising right that's I think half the reason some people go after Joe Rogan and uh I also think it's part of the reason of why he uh, he doesn't really dignify anything with a response. Like, I think he said he stopped looking at his um, mentions and his uh, replies once he got to, like, a million followers or something. And um, not reading mentions and replies might be good life advice for a lot of people. Or just posting what you have to and just don't waste your social media might be the bigger evil in video games and all this which is was not the point of the thing but kind of it proved its point um what else came up that was kind of interesting this week um 
when I was spinning through Twitter, I came across, um, it was something that uh, Michael Bisping, the MMA fighter, had kind of, I, I don't know if he retweeted or quote tweeted, but it was um, it was a video clip of a dad just spanking the crap out of his kid for um, not sitting still in his chair and then him like screaming at the girl beside to like sit still and she was sitting still. And um, it's still, I don't know why it amazes me, but it still amazes me that like a debate will spin out of anything on the internet. And so this, because at least he was the first notable person that I saw kind of giving any attention to this clip of a little boy getting like, and he was aggressively spanked. And of course, everything's recorded now. And so everything underneath that was a complete argument and you could see where the cultural divides were and the generational divides were because um i think spanking has kind of completely disappeared from north american culture um i know i had the crap spanked out of me but um no but not overly like i don't need to throw my parents under the bus either but like i'm from the generation where like if you did something dumb or stupid or whatever you'd get a smack on the ass like i never got like that like what they would say like a beating but spanking existed if i was a dumb kid um and i feel like my generation forward so gen x as parents um in for as far as like um north american like let's just say like white parenting culture fuck i hate using all those terms but like spanking went away as far as i know maybe it depends on like i said like social class and stuff like that um but as a whole, I feel like spanking kind of got frowned upon probably 80s, 90s somewhere, maybe even a little later. But like it just doesn't exist anymore. And so this video clip of this like kid just getting his ass like spanked bad because he was misbehaving um, created this whole backlash. But then everyone kind of it was neat to see everyone kind of like taking their sides and digging in because then the old people um or the older generations i should watch what i'm saying um they kind of would come out and just be like this is why your generation has no fucking discipline and everyone needs a trophy right like those age-old arguments already and the whole like getting called soft and undisciplined comes out from one side and then of course on the other side you get the people clapping back with the okay boomer stuff and like and then some different cultures popped in that um or is it eastern european or like just or asian or like different areas of the world that weren't raised here and they're like talking about how like spanking the kids is still a hundred percent in their culture right and so part of the argument was kind of neat just for me to kind of just sit there and scroll through and kind of see like i only see things from where i live and where i live spanking isn't cool um and it has gone away and then to listen to like some people that are either immigrants or just um like whether they came from a well-to-do family or from like being dirt poor and just seeing all the different kind of like subcategories of like no spanking still happens here and i'm thankful for it um or other people where it was like no it went over the line and it scarred me but it's just so weird that like on a camera for it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon, 
you're scrolling along and then like out of nowhere this giant debate about spanking comes up and then everyone kind of tells their stories and and everyone's now belief system about um was it good um is it a good way to discipline your child or are there or what methods actually are the best because like i said from my point of view it has disappeared right like but then again my kid knows that when my voice kind of gets louder and more stern he just he stops like i have a a well-behaved child like nothing has ever had to escalate where it's like you have to threaten a whooping right like it just doesn't happen like especially in the old um in the old days and old like i don't know if it would be in like even in like tv and just media and everything right like even comedians would make like full routines about the whooping they'd get from their parents right and it has become one of those like um what's how would you put it it's just you don't talk about it right it's just it's been put in that little cupboard with things that aren't acceptable anymore that used to be acceptable and we just don't talk about it you don't do it and we expect you to um parent differently and find a better way to um discipline your child that isn't beatings and putting the fear of god into them right and so it was weird that it spun out of like a michael bisping retweet right like it's just the strange things but i and that's one case where it's like it's a good thing to think about right and because like i said i only see what i see so around here and the way that my ex-wife and i raised our son we didn't right and it's just but everyone has how they were brought up and what worked for them and what maybe what they didn't like the way they were raised and so it's kind of worked its way out of our um general culture in this area and it's just it's neat to see um like some people resorted to name calling but there was just a i just enjoyed the general just reading the debate of seeing everyone's kind of feedback and um what their general um feelings were towards the entire spanking notion um what else do i have going on um basketball um i've resubmersed myself i think i had mentioned a while ago when i started this that after watching the last dance um it lit a fire in me to kind of pick that up as a hobby and work towards kind of doing it again even if it's on a recreational level um i'm quite enjoying it um i'm up to the point where running is pretty easy now like i can go for a good 4k run now and not hate my life so i'm approaching so if you're not metric i'm around three miles that i can run or almost 5k um and it's taken some work i'm in my 40s but now that that's kind of worked its way out i go out and i there's tons of hoops in my neighborhood and so now i'm like shooting around i've learned my vertical sucks so now i gotta like just get used to jumping again and just kind of get my form back and then once that's there hopefully some of the restrictions around here or just hopefully things get better that we can start having organized stuff that there'll be like pickup games out in the world again because i think that would be the next reasonable step for me to kind of get back into the hobby and just because i've it's weird how that documentary just kind of 
all of a sudden just relit a pilot light and it's like boom you you still do enjoy this sport and you enjoy watching it again and um that's the other thing that i was going to talk about when i was talking about basketball is um i youtube is so amazing and i'm pretty much going through like i'm an 80s 90s guy and um it's awesome you can type in 1991 nba like that's the first year of the nba on nbc kind of era and the beginning of the michael jordan reign and so and i'm just going through and finding all these teams and players and i'm like oh my god i remember these guys and i've just been living in a heyday and it's like it's so funny because i'll start watching and i'll get to halftime of a game that would be like i think i watched the entire four game sweep when the bulls got rid of the pistons in 91 and kind of it was their turn to move on to play the lakers in the finals but i remember at some of those games i'd have to go back to them because at halftime of whoever converted it from vhs to um uh youtube they might leave commercials or whatever so when i'm scrolling through the recommended channels other games would pop up pop up like the um the old bulls versus knicks rivalry or like barkley in the finals or then it would jump to the the second three-peat of the bulls when in rodman was around so i'm like i've been game hopping um i watched the first finals when the lakers with shaq and kobe um when they were in the finals against, I believe, Indiana. I watched that series. But I've just been, like, game-hopping like a kid in a candy store. And YouTube's so amazing. Like, I think sometimes you can get lost in negativity with that, kind of like how Twitter, you can kind of get lost in it. And so I've just gone down this NBA rabbit hole, and I'm loving it. Um, It's fantastic. Um, Yeah, it's super fun. I love it. I don't know when I'll get into modern stuff. Um, uh, I'll be the first to admit that when I got hurt like 23, 24 years ago, I kind of stopped and dwindled away from watching even. So I missed the entire Kobe Bryant era. So it's awesome watching him. And it's just sad that he passed away kind of when I got back into this again. And now going through kind of his era with all those great players in there. And then... um, the LeBron James era. So I hear complaints and even it's funny when I watch YouTube channels that talk about and um, their specialties, NBA kind of nostalgia. It's nice to see that they talk about the nineties as the kind of the glory days. So I don't know if the game has gotten softer or just the league's different or rule changes or the skill sets. It sounds like the players are way more skilled now. Right. So I'm not sure what all the, um, the the specifics are i'll get there someday but i'm like i'm re-watching a lot of the 90s and then picking up where i left off so it's amazing i love it um what else have i been up to um i've kind of reached my weight goal it's i talked another co-worker into buying one of those um biometric scales or biompedance yeah a renfo scale and um it's kind of nice because now that I've kind of reached the size that I want to be, it falls in line with kind of my fitness thing and the basketball and all that. Um, I highly recommend the scales. Um, and like I tell everyone that kind of orders one, it's uh, it's not pretty when you first get on it. It's all red and 
pretty much calls you obese, but at least you can set a goal and go from there and just kind of, I find if I get on it first thing in the morning, I'm less likely to eat like shit the evening before because before I'll shove a cookie in my mouth, I'm like, you know, in 12 hours I have to weigh myself, right? Um, so that's kind of a neat little thing. And it's always neat because when I run into people I haven't seen for a while, um, they're like, wow, you look great. And then I kind of, I feel like I deserve a cut from these scales, honestly. <laughs> um, because I tell them about this, the bioimpedance scale and kind of how it gives me my weight, BMI, body fat, um, muscle, and like, um, it even tells me my body's age. And so that was kind of a fun one that when I first stepped on it, it said my body was a year or two older than my actual age. And now that I'm kind of being a better or keeping better track of what I'm doing with myself. Now it's four years younger, right? Um, but yeah, it's kind of neat. And yeah, like I just ran into another former coworker from ages ago and I feel like I'm giving the spiel about that scale quite often. So if you've ever contemplated one of those scales, they're fantastic. Um, what else is going on, man? I made a lot of notes this week. Um, another kind of funny thing in passing was um one of my coworkers i could hear on the phone with her kid because everyone got sent home from universities everywhere and um you could hear like kind of consoling and kind of giving the parent talk right like you could hear the the mom voice (laughs) over the cubicle and it's so funny because um i guess her kid was like eating a sandwich while driving and then did a double lane change without signaling and so she was trying to talk her kid down because she got caught by the cop pulled over and um just instantly turned on the waterworks and started crying and it got her out of the ticket and it's like it's things i don't think about right but like i that's still a thing right like i've always had you always talk to somebody that like the second they get pulled over they just start bawling and the cop is like okay here here so now it's like in my mind, I'm instantly wondering, like, how how often is the crying your way out of tickets still a thing, right? Like, I'm a f- grown parent, right? And so it's funny listening to, like, my coworker moms or whatever, and they're, like, talking to their kids, and their kid is like, yeah, I just turned on the waterworks, and, like, the cop just, I don't know if it still makes it this awkward thing, or maybe they were just going to give them a warning anyways, right? Like, if they had nothing on their record, but it's so funny that it's, like, the second you get pulled over, the waterworks come on, and it's, like, okay, okay, this is awkward. Let's get it over with. Just next time, don't eat your sandwich while you're driving. Don't jump five lanes without signaling, and uh, have a nice day just to get (laughs) the awkwardness over of it, but it's just, like, the second I heard that, like, of course, when you're younger, um, you probably hear about it way more often. And I would always hear about like stories of uh, female friends and they'd be like almost like proud, like this ability they have to like turn the waterworks on like at the drop of a hat. Right. And it's just this um, it's so funny to hear that it still exists. Like f- for me, I've been hearing about it since I was probably a teenager and it's like. 30 whatever years later it's like it's still a valid tactic for uh getting out of a ticket (laughs) um what else fucked up came up um like i said um 
I'm in Canada and BC. So that's the furthest West province. Um, I have no idea why this was their avenue of um, advice, but their advice now, the uh, the safest way for sex is they want to bring back the glory hole. <laughs> and it's like, like, you think the news has always hit the most ridiculous point it can in the world. And then all of a sudden, or you'll think it's like a parody site. Like up here, the Beaverton makes fun of stuff and has like, parody articles and all of a sudden this like thing comes through my news feed and I'm like okay it's a Beaverton article right or it's some parody and it's like we think that the glory hole is probably the safest way to have um, safe sex during the COVID times and I'm looking and it's like it's from a legitimate news source and from a legitimate health organization that's recommending that this would probably be the best way to um keep minimal contact if you need to have sex and it's like i don't know where we've come in this world but that got written down in my phone instantly because that's i don't even know where you go from there right um (laughs) it's ridiculous um where else are we going here um sports are back um i don't know how many of the leagues will collapse um it looks like a lots of people are getting caught with COVID and then teams and travel are getting shut down and like how many players are comfortable with it. Um, so major league baseball, um, they have specific stadiums and I think they're still having trouble with that. Um, the NBA has their bubble and I think all teams have to go to these bubbles, um, up here, the CFL, I know was trying to find like a hub city to host the games uh, and NHL. Um, I haven't been able to tune into anything. I'm seeing scores once again on my newsfeed, which is freaking fantastic. I'm sure a lot of these sports networks were um, dying for content. So that's kind of exciting. Sports are back. I'm sure there's other priorities and people that are not back to work yet. So there are there are greater priorities, but it's I think it might help people get a sense of like things are of just the normalcy right like like hopefully sports kind of give some people um a little sense of just you can kind of relax and just sit and watch some sports and like i get that it kind of sounds shallow in the end but it might help people think that the world's kind of settling down and things are getting back to being normal if there's hockey on tv again it's weird that like because I think NBA and NHL usually wind up in June. And so here we are entering August and we're trying to finish a season. So my big question now is, um, are we going to uh, just roll into a whole new season or what kind of break are we going to take and then restart around Christmas? Um, I know UFC hasn't blinked an eye, right? Like they've been kind of full speed ahead. They cancel fights um, if people test for positive for covid they have fight island away in abu dhabi and they've been kind of trucking along and um just doing their thing but it's nice to see that there's all the leagues as long as they're taking all the precautions and not being like that stealth hockey tournament that i talked about at the beginning then um then everything's fine right like just make all the precautions i thought i saw one player i can't remember what league it was for he um 
he went to he said he had to go to a funeral or a wedding or some family gathering and he ended up posting on social media that he was having like hot wings at hooters or some stupid thing right and it's like okay you're not welcome back in the bubble um good luck (laughs) and so it's just it's funny to see like once again what people think they can get away with in this time and like honestly there's no secrecy and just expect you're going to get caught doing any stupid shit um but yeah sports are back yay um what else is man i wrote down a lot of stuff um where i am the the city came out with their statistics and crime is down 20 percent um so if you need a hooray for being in a lockdown and a pandemic you can always say crime's gone down I'm assuming that's um, crime across the board. Um, so I know Meyer is, or at least I feel like it's mostly petty crime. I like just like break-in enters, theft and stuff like that. Because our crime is always one of the highest in the country. And it's just like, but it's little things, right? Like, and when you're in a smaller population, three murders puts you in the highest murder per capita compared to Toronto, which has three to four million people, right? So one murder here they would need like 27 murders to catch up per capita right so it's kind of interesting to see that um the maybe the thing to take away from this is um criminals are actually abiding by quarantine rules better than the law-abiding citizens (laughs) if that's one fucked up way to look at it but it just kind of caught my eye that so we do have a silver lining crime is down but then again it's like once they a find a cure or just like loosen things up or whatever we find the our way like the light at the end of the tunnel of this whole lockdown i just i hope crime doesn't like skyrocket again (laughs) so but yeah it's just weird that like strange little statistics that creep out of this um yeah i have a few other things in here but they're kind of I don't really understand the notes I made to myself. Um, Seven years ago, um, it's hilarious. Seven years ago is when I attempted professional wrestling and broke my leg in my debut. Um, And it's pretty funny because um, uh, it comes up in a lot of people's timelines that I'm friends with. And I even posted it in my timeline, pictures of me with a cast on, right? And it's super funny because, like, I embrace it. It was like I was 30 nine at the time when I thought it was a great idea to try pro wrestling and it's one of those like is it a midlife crisis or is it just like I hate the term bucket list but is it just one of those things and um I tried it I shouldn't have well I just whatever I had an accident at the beginning and it's so funny because it's like my ex-wife sends me she was in the crowd and she sends me on the anniversary of it it must have popped up in her timeline also and so she sends me the video of the the match of me flying over the top rope and breaking my leg. And it's funny because she's like, here's the video of it from seven years ago. Um, you should edit it and make add like a bone breaking sound. Like it was something funny. Right. And it's like, um, I'm pretty thankful that I have a uh, positive relationship with my ex-wife and my son's mother right and just for her to be able to like poke fun on me and be like hey remember this dumb idea and so yeah it's kind of neat that i have that kind of thing to look back fondly on and be like man why did i attempt that shit in the first place 
and uh <laughs> yeah and here i am still setting goals um i think i'd talked about my goal board um where i kind of wrote down about seven or eight things i wanted to do and it's i'm trying not to let the lockdown kind of impede some of the stuff that i can work on and it's nice because um like the drum kits in here i need to get working on that but yeah now the jogging is complete the weight loss is down um, so now I can move on to a few other things. Um, stand-up comedies on that list. So once the places with open mics kind of open up and have safety protocols, that's going to have to go. I think I have about five to seven routines in my phone that need to be flushed out. And yeah, it's nice to kind of... I I'm not allowing myself to kind of just get trapped during this time and get kind of down on stuff i noticed i went back to the office last monday and i thoroughly enjoyed it and i think i'm that extrovert type that needs people around him and now i think getting the stand-up thing and just testing that out i'll see if that's something that kind of fuels me too and helps with just being around people right and just being in a kind of fun positive atmosphere or i could get my ass booed off the stage but either way I'm looking forward to that um, and just keeping the goals going, seeing if my body keeps cooperating with um, me trying to play basketball again and all that stuff. And then um, I feel like my hair is starting to fall out at a higher rate, so I'm going to add balding gracefully <laughs> to my list and um, go from there. All right. Jesus Christ, 40-some minutes. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining me on another Monday. Um, you can find me on all the social media platforms. Uh, my messages are open on everything. So I'm on Instagram, kind of savage, Twitter, kind of savage. You can find, uh, my podcast on Facebook. So I'm all over the place. If you need to reach out or if you just want to kind of see the, what else I'm up to, um, I occasionally run, uh, a stream through Twitch, um, I sometimes run Jackbox games for um, friends and that so we can all play from our own homes. Um, and otherwise, I might just play some video games. But yeah, I just kind of, I try to post what I'm up to and about if you feel that I'm thoroughly entertaining. Um, and awesome. I'll check with you later.